Testing, testing. Still way too loud. Can you get Jamie? Can you please come get Ellie? Okay, let's try this again. You're listening to The Neurodivergent Nurse, and I'm your host, Jamie. I'm a registered nurse who has ADHD. On this podcast, we will talk all things ADHD. I'm really just beginning to learn about this diagnosis and how to navigate through it, but I am so excited to take you on this messy and raw journey with me so that we can learn together. So let's get started. Good morning, all of my neurodivergent friends, or Good afternoon or good evening. Just whenever you're listening, I hope it's a good one. I hope your week has not been too tough of one. We happen to go through really tough times where we seem like, can anything just give me a break? But I hope that has not been your case. And if it has, look at you making it through the week and stuff. I'm proud of you. I'm really proud of you because I know that that's a difficult thing and it is quite a challenge sometimes. How has my week been, you ask? Not too bad, not too bad. As you know, I am taking class, taking organic chemistry too. As I think I told you in sometime in the last two episodes that I put out every week, look at us on number three. We're, we're really doing something. But I feel like I could not appropriately connect the dots the last two or three weeks and heck to be honest with you the whole last semester was like this last part of last semester I went from making b's and a's to we're not gonna say those dirty dirty letters that (laughs) came for the last two tests but anyhow I feel like all of a sudden something clicked but it's just a couple days out from my first exam. So we will see if the clicking is clicking. Although I have weeks worth of material to relearn since the light switch flipped on, but let's see how it goes. Otherwise, it's been a it's been a really great week. Thanks for asking. Let's talk about today something that's kind of generalized, but We'll get into some specifics of how to help with it towards the end. But I made a post maybe a month or two ago about how the lack of communication is such a trigger for people with ADHD. And there are a lot of people in the comment section, you know, trolls be trolling and I try not to feed them. But sometimes it's just a fun thing to do. However, there seemed to be a confusion with the word trigger. And I think that a lot of neurotypical people, they interchange the word in their mind. They think that it's interchangeable with discomfort or disdain, that they think that that has the exact same definition and power behind the word trigger. However, it does not. So we're going to break that down just a little bit about people with ADHD and neurodiverse people in general and the word trigger. Versus those other things. Let's start by explaining what the word dislike means. And you may be like, Jamie, you already know what dislike means. No, no, no. Let's go ahead. Let's throw an actual definition because it's going to make it a lot easier to compare and for it to stick with how different these words can be. I looked at the two words, dislike and discomfort, compared to trigger. I mean, we could do this with many different negative feeling words, but those are the two that we're going to stick at for comparative reasons. The first one, as I said, that we're going to talk about is the definition of dislike. Dislike 
It's a mild emotional response characterized by a general aversion or preference against something without necessarily causing intense distress. It is a personal preference or feeling of discomfort that doesn't necessarily stem from any type of trauma. For instance, someone might dislike certain foods or they may dislike certain weather conditions without it being tied to a traumatic experience. I remember my mom asked me at one point when she was still alive, she asked me, Jamie, is there a reason why you don't like Christmas so much? I mean, did I do something as a child to make you dislike it the way that you do? My mom, without asking in so many words, was trying to figure out, was I triggered by Christmas? Was there some type of emotional pain linked to that holiday? So let me share with you um, the real true answer. No, I just don't like it. <laughs> I, don't, I don't like cold weather. I don't like the feeling surrounding Christmas. I think that people just become very me-driven, even though they're out trying to buy the best gift for someone else but everybody's fighting for a parking spot and the rules just don't fit in my head so I revolt against them of you have to prove people that you love them by buying them this thing one time a year and everybody has to do that it's just no it's just too much so the issue that I have with Christmas is I just don't like it but like I said, dislike is very different than triggered. The next one that we're going to talk about, as I said, is discomfort. Discomfort is a feeling of physical or psychological unease or mild distress. It can arise from various sources, such as physical discomfort due to an uncomfortable chair or psychological discomfort from being in a social situation where one feels out of place. Discomfort is not necessarily linked to the past traumatic experiences and is typically more of a temporary and manageable sensation compared to triggers. Now, you might be already picking up what I'm putting down. What triggers actually are? A trigger is something that can cause intense emotional or psychological response, and that is due to a past traumatic or distressing experience. Triggers often bring about feelings of anxiety, panic, or distress, and they're typically linked to specific past events. For example, a loud noise might be a trigger for someone who has experienced a traumatic event. You know, kind of like if you've gone to war, hearing fireworks, that's a trigger because you've been through something traumatic and it brings up that psychological response and it brings about a very intense feeling inside of you that is very hard to control in that moment. Okay, so now that we have that out of the way, it should come as no surprise to you that scientists have found a strong connection between ADHD and emotion. People with ADHD are much more likely to experience emotional dysregulation than those without the disorder. This means that ADHDers often have trouble controlling their feelings and how they act upon them. Acknowledging the struggle is the first step to take. Then you can look at the possible triggers for these intense emotions that you may be experiencing. You might notice specific situations or interactions that cause you to react, or that minor issue could tend to accumulate over time. Some emotional triggers to look out for include relationship conflicts, criticism, a hello, absolutely, a rejection, or personal failure. Everyday struggles like misplacing your belongings or forgetting an appointment can also trigger anger, disappointment, or frustration. The following strategies may help you cope 
with these ADHD triggers. The first one is one that I learned to utilize, especially in relationships, which it was very hard to work on. I mean, this is not nor ever of the things with ADHD because we've been living with ADHD our entire lives, right? So we're not just going to have a magic pill, so to speak, that is going to instantly fix our issues. We just have this neurodivergent, bright, colorful, wacky shaped toolbox that we're adding all of these tools for us to be able to pull out to use in the situations that are difficult for us as neurodivergent people. So this is one of those tools that you definitely want to put in your box, but you're not instantly going to be able to do it, even though it is such a simple thing to do. But the first one is to walk away from the situation as soon as you can. If you are anything like me, it is absolutely difficult to walk away from a situation, especially if it comes down to relationships or whatever. If the person's not understanding something that I intensely feel about, or if I feel that I have been wronged and I'm having this conversation on why I feel the way that I feel and they're not grasping it or they're trying to make me feel worse about the feelings that are very real to me, then it's not a good time to continue that conversation. It is very difficult for us to just let the last word be the last word at that time. Now, trying to walk away as soon as possible does not always have to be with relationships. It doesn't have to be with verbal communication. It can be with anything that is an actual trigger of yours. So when you feel it coming on, if you feel yourself getting spun up is what I like to call it for me, then find a way to break away, to take some time to get out of that environment or out of that situation if you can do so and you can do so safely. The next thing is you need to accept your feelings and validate them instead of bottling them up. I used to say at times that I felt like my feelings were Sprite that was in a Sprite bottle that you just shake it up, shake it up, shake it up. And I'm quiet. I'm quiet. I'm a doormat. I let everybody run over me. And then all of a sudden I take the lid off and it just explodes. And to everyone else, it feels like it comes from nowhere. When it hasn't come from nowhere, it's been all of these little things adding to the bottle and the carbonation is just building up while people are completely oblivious to the fact that that's even happening. And again, this doesn't have to just happen with relationships either or communication or other people in general. You can channel your emotions somewhere safe like writing, calling a friend, going for a bike ride, reading a book. The other thing that you need to do when we're looking at managing triggers is learn how to recognize what the early stages of overstimulation feel like. As I just said, we get spun up. We start shaking that bottle. What does it feel like when it begins? Does your face flush? Do you start feeling your heart beat a little bit faster? Like, are there physical symptoms that you feel coming on? Start being mindful of that and paying attention to it. You may not know right off the bat because you're not in that situation. Our memory is like goldfish at times. So it may not be easy to recall in this moment as you're listening to this podcast episode. But this is going to help you escape the situation as early as possible. If you know you have an important event, 
meeting or task coming up, you can determine where your emotions are before that starts. Lastly, I know this does not fit for everyone, but medications and or ADHD therapy is also a very effective way to combat the effects of ADHD triggers on your thoughts and emotional responses. I tell people all the time, for me, Whenever I took Vivance for the first time, I didn't understand how people lived like that all of their lives. And suddenly it made sense of why my life was so difficult in comparison. And then, of course, I had that little bit of ADHD grief of what could life have been like? Why did I go through the struggles that I went through and being bullied and all of this, that with taking this one pill, things are quiet now. It also boosted my self-confidence, which I was also diagnosed with moderate to severe social anxiety when I was diagnosed with ADHD, and that did not shock me in the least. But my psychiatrist worked with me and found a medication that would really help with ADHD and that social anxiety that I had going on. So it could work for you too, but it's worth talking about with your psychiatrist or with a trusted doctor who is accustomed to working with adults with ADHD. I hope you get some takeaways from this episode of what the differences between triggers and other negative or uncomfortable emotions. I also hope that you have a couple takeaways on being able to be mindful of when those triggers start happening to you. And I hope you have a great week and I can't wait to talk to you again. 